0: Hi, I'm Kevin Alves with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings, or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat tap room that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Roger's Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent ya.
1: Dylan and I have been friends for about 20 years. We went to high school together. We went to college together. We moved to Chicago. We got married. We had kids. Well, not with each other. We have separate families. But now we get together and we talk about what those kids are watching. Hey, you know who I bet drinks a lot of whiskey on the down low? Who? Winnie the Pooh. Probably. Or Eeyore. Probably Eeyore. Anyway... We were taught. We used to. We used to talk about Winnie the Pooh. We, why we did, used to. Why don't we do that anymore? Why ever did we stop? Yeah, we should do that again, just for like old times' sake. We should talk about Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture, rebel and a man are gonna teach their dads fill and, fill and if they're willing, if they're willing to five, pop culture, hop on. Gonna ask the kids about books and movies and TV shows, and those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're, they're gonna yeah, yeah. pop
1: Where did we? You were telling me there's a big stink about Winnie the Pooh because coming up and already happening a little bit, uh, the copyright that Disney has, the copyright agreement that they have with the Schlesingers and the Milns, right, has come up. And so the Schlesingers and the Milns, do they still own or they gave it to Disney, right? So I think they eventually gave it to Disney,
2: but there, there was some big renegotiation later on. I think the Milne family can no longer make money from it because it's their...
1: Oh no, I was rooting for them. Out of all the people we've met so far, like there's no villains really, but like I was rooting for them. It's because it's
2: the literary copyright for the character that's coming up. Winnie the Pooh will be in the public domain for them.
1: Oh, okay. That's what it's coming down to. I got it. But this very specific version of Winnie the Pooh with the red that shirt that Disney has curated with the red shirt, that's off limits. Exactly. It still belongs to Disney. And does that mean that Schlesinger is still making money off Disney for using that because they added the red shirt? I'm assuming so. Okay. So A.A. Milne created the character based off of his son, Christopher Robin Milne's stuffed animals, the bear named after the beloved bear from the London Zoo or the Zoo in. England where they were and now they don't get to make any more profit off of Winnie the Pooh because the literary copyright is up and now it's public domain so anyone can do a Winnie the Pooh thing now as As long long as as it's it's not not the Disney looking one exactly no red shirt no red shirt that's what it comes down to where we left off I
2: was telling you about the UK London Pooh Bear is one of the most
1: beloved characters in the UK. I think it was voted in the top 10 of most beloved UK characters of all time. They over there for some reason. I mean, you got, uh, even like back in Shakespeare times, you got Winner's Tale, Exit Pursued by Bear. That's you right. You played the character that exited Pursued by the Bear. And I believe that offstage your character was eaten by the Bear. That's right. And then you got Paddington Bear. And I keep hearing people talk about how Paddington too is great. And I'm that's like, what I've I, heard too. i thought it's amazing. Really, But Why?
2: Yeah, I I know nothing about it.
1: And then Winnie the Pooh, of course. And then Winnie the Pooh. So they like bears, generally, it seems. They like bears. So
2: 1961 is when Disney takes over. takes them five years to do their first Pooh Bear movie. And the first Pooh Bear movie is called Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. It's a short film. So when it started, it would be like one of the Pixar shorts before the feature film. Okay. There was three of them that came out. The first one in 1966, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. The second one in 1968, which was Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. And then the third one in 1974, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. Now, the interesting thing that I found out recently is that in 1969, the Soviets independently made their own Winnie the Pooh movie.
1: I know. See, that's the thing. I would associate bears more with Russia than I would with England. Exactly. And so they made their own Winnie. I'm sorry, I shouldn't do a Russian accent. I We talked earlier about like, maybe I feel uncomfortable doing accents sometimes because I'm like, I'm appropriating someone's culture. I'm making fun of it and giving someone a false impression of what those people are like. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. But they made a, they made their own Winnie the Pooh, their own contraband Winnie the Pooh, their own knockoff. That's right buy it on the street corner in times square from a table with a bedsheet for a tablecloth kind of thing
2: and the funny thing is it's the same stories <laughs> and the guy who wrote the the russian version had actually translated the book into russian originally too
1: Okay, so the guy translated Winnie the Pooh into Russian and then made his own knockoff version of it because of how popular it was. Exactly. It
2: was it was hugely popular. But it was just so funny that it came two years after the original Disney version. But Winnie the Pooh in it is not yellow. He is not wearing a shirt. He looks like a brown bear. Just looks like, it, it's a very Russian.
1: It's just, this uh, is it, Winnie the Pooh. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Oh, I wanted to tell the story that way, but I can't now. Shame on you. Shame on you. No accents. One big thing that he changed
2: is that there is no narrator and that Christopher Robin is a secondary character, not the main character.
1: So Winnie the Pooh... At the end of it, Winnie the Pooh has feasted upon his prey, young Christopher Robin, who wandered away from his village to pursue democratic ideals. As Pooh stood up, as Pooh stood up, the blood of Christopher Robin... Drenching the top half of his coat as though adorned with some sort of shirt, a shirt of blood matted his fur. <laughs> In
2: Mother Russia, that's how Pooh got his shirts. It's blood.
1: Night to night, children. I'm doing it again. Oh, <laughs> and the thing is, like, no, it's not. It, it's not even a good impression. It's not even a good accent. I like. It's an impulse, and I need to quash it. <laughs> But it's so easy to fall into that Russian accent. It's so easy to do a whole bunch of different kind of microtransgressions. I'm just trying to be better. It really is. It really is.
2: So the first Winnie the Pooh movie for Disney, like official full length movie, is called The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And what it is... Is a combination
1: of the first three shorts that Disney did starting in 1966. Oh, great. Is it strung together in one narrative or is it still different narratives? Yes.
2: It is it is strung together in one narrative.
1: Oh, I love, I love hack jobs like that. I love it when they put things together into a movie. This is the
2: interesting thing about it, is how it's strung together is potentially the most influential artistic choice for me personally
1: in my artistic life right now oh really you make you 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 do a lot of art artistic stuff you direct and you perform and you read and you do this and stuff like that yeah you read you read very artistic of you (laughs) i read (laughs) winning that's that's what i read Well, no, what I mean is that's impressive because I've known you for I've known you for a very, very long time. And I know that you're a very artistic person. So to know that you're well, this this influential choice in this movie that puts together all of these various already made Winnie the Pooh things, it's interesting to me because I'm going to get a little insight into you that I don't have yet, which is weird. I don't get those new pieces very often.
2: Well, and part of it, Phil, is that I only realized it after we started watching the movie with my son, with Mal. Oh, so you had a new
1: perspective.
2: Absolutely. The narrator for the movie is omniscient, but he is also breaking the fourth wall. So Pooh... And the characters can talk to the narrator of the movie. Oh,
1: I love it.
2: And Pooh and the characters can use the book to their advantage.
1: Wait, are they... Winnie, Winnie the Pooh deadpooled it?
2: Yes. He deadpooled it? Absolutely. He talks to the narrator... Of the story, but also at the end of the movie, the narrator turns the book that the characters live in on its side so that Tigger, who is stuck in a tree, can come down from the tree. I love that. It's crazy. Oh, that's so
1: cool. That's like, there's elements of SpongeBob in that too. Absolutely. Wow. All of a sudden, it all clicked.
2: I love doing this kind of stuff in my artistic life right now and it's because this is what my first exposure to art quote unquote was was the 1977 the many adventures of wade the pooh you
1: know that almost makes it feel like imaginative play because the narrator being omniscient and seeing everything kind of acts as an audience surrogate for a young mind like that and so then it maybe makes them feel like they're playing with those toys in the movie too And that's, oh, that is a really cool choice. I love that. And I love that it's influenced things clearly from everything from SpongeBob to Deadpool. To Deadpool,
2: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just this fascinating choice. And the thing is, is the song uh, that Pooh sings at the beginning is called Up, Down, and Touch the Ground. And there is a lyric in it that is, I'm short and fat and proud of that. And it's a little body positivity. But then it's followed by a little... Not body positivity, because Winnie the Pooh goes to Rabbit's house looking for honey, eats a bunch of honey, gets so large that he can't leave Rabbit's house, so gets stuck in the tunnel out. He just has to sit there and not eat until he's thin enough to be pulled out. Oh, that's awful. That's a horrible message. It is. So it's this like two contrasting things where it's like, okay, he's short and fat and proud of that. Great. Okay, we can sing that song and be great then you have to starve to get out of a door
1: because you're stuck you're too big the only way to the only way to lose weight is to not eat not exercise. do they have him exercise do they like give him a hand bike or something in the
2: song previous that's what he's doing up down is his is his stoutness exercising
1: so it so really like, just puts the onus on food and diet exactly
2: on- so my theory behind it is that because that happens in the book where Pooh gets stuck. So I think they were trying to counteract Oh, no, I know
1: specifically now exactly what kind of Winnie the Pooh porn people are going to make. Oh, bother, I'm stuck in this rabbit hole. I'm stuck in this rabbit hole. Come here, Step Rabbit, and help me get out of this rabbit hole. I'm covered in sticky honey. (laughs) At one point,
2: Rabbit draws a picture of a face on Pooh's butt. <laughs> to pretend that it's a, a deer that he caught, because as long as he's stuck there, he might as well use Pooh's butt for his own advantage.
1: Wait, this is something that actually happened in the... Oh my god, I was, I was going. I don't. Mm. Yeah, I went to a dark place <laughs> that we're not going to record. <laughs> oh wait, I think
2: we did record it.
1: No, I know we're not going there. We we, we glanced into the darkness and we we went. Past... I see. It doesn't matter what was in my head. What matters is that it stayed there. Exactly.
2: <laughs> At one point, Christopher Robin is shooting Pooh Bear with his toy gun because he is floating away in a balloon and he can't get down. So he is literally shooting Winnie the Pooh. With like a pellet gun?
1: A BB gun?
2: It is just implied that it's a gun.
1: <laughs> that okay. It is that he just has that a gun. Fires. With enough force to pop a balloon from, I'm assuming, a great distance.
2: They take that out of the movie.
1: Oh, have you seen that comparison shot? There's a bunch of shots from a Winnie the Pooh movie where they just lifted animation from the Winnie the Pooh movies that they animated and then reused it in The Jungle Book and stuff like that. There's times where Glee um, and Christopher Robin, they're like climbing a rock and like walking oh, somewhere. Yeah, and the animators like change the environment around them. But the movement is exactly the same. Because
2: their hair is the same too. Yeah,
1: everything, everything moves the same. Um, any time like Whoa. the bear from like in the like also in the jungle book uh jungle books just full blue this stuff blue yeah a bunch of that stuff was recycled animation from robin hood no way i had yeah. no idea yeah because the bear and robin hood and the bear in the jungle book are animated they're the same in, they're identical it's just it's just one's brown and one's oh, great you're blowing my mind yeah winnie the pooh is now directly contributed to uh What movie did I say? Deadpool. I can't <laughs> Deadpool, yes. The <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool.
2: And, and... and now also The Jungle Book.
1: Yes, The Jungle Book. Interesting.
2: All right. That's the first Pooh movie. Now, I'm going to take you through a journey of the various Pooh movies and TV shows year by year at this point. we'll start. We'll start with the movies. Okay. 1977 is the first one. Feature length movie. 20 years later, I had to do my math. 1997 is the next Winnie the Pooh movie. And it's a direct home video movie. And it's called Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin.
1: Okay. I think I vaguely remember that distinctive voice from all the Disney previews on the VHS. uh, Coming soon to own on VHS. It was higher than that. I can hear him narrating that trailer And I think I have a distinct recollection of being in that media play store. You remember media play? Yes. It was next to the laser quest off college Avenue out by the mall. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I was in there. I went in there a lot. That was my favorite. Oh, I did too. I
2: went to that laser quest a lot though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was a good course. It was a good course. They had a bunch of TVs playing on one side and it was all, it was almost always Winnie the Pooh. I thought, and it was either that one, Search for Christopher Robin, or it was the Piglet's Grand Adventure. Yeah, every time I think about Winnie the Pooh, I just think about that media play because it's the only place I ever really saw it. So
2: I'll, I'll tell you, Phil, this is one you can avoid.
1: Really? I would avoid a it. thumbs down from you, the Pooh enthusiast, the enthusiast. And in fact,
2: the majority of the movies, I would give a thumbs down for it. Pooh's Grand Adventure, Search for Christopher Robin, direct to home, should have stayed... In the Vault. We should not watch that one again. It's on Disney+. Plus. What went wrong with it? It's a combination of a few things. And this is going to repeat itself over and over again. The first being, the music is bad. The music is bad. The original 1977 one, the music is, is catchy. It's not too kitschy. It doesn't sound of its time or anything. Okay. Whereas starting with this one, Pooh's Grand Adventure, you can always kind of tell by how they sing the Winnie the Pooh, Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh.
1: Pooh. Winnie the Pooh and All Lang Sign are two songs I will never actually know the words to. The thing
2: is, is my son sings it to himself as he's
1: falling asleep.
2: So Aww. like, I should know it. He knows it better than I do. That's adorable. You can always tell how good the movie is going to be based on who is singing that. Who is supposed to be singing it? What it's supposed to sound
1: like? Okay.
2: So, so starting with this 1997, it's very sarah mclaughlin adopt this animal vibe oh dear the arms of an angel that's what it sounds like
1: it's very slow it's boring it's just oh great so a somnolent cover of the winnie the pooh song which is already pretty chill to begin with exactly and so the the opening theme goes bad do they sing are the movies musicals
2: the movies are musicals.
1: The movies are musicals, and so like the songs that pr- that make the plot progress and express desire and emotion did not live up to our high theatrical expectations.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you think about like you you used to do the wonderful thing about Tiggers, right? Oh yeah, as, uh, as a monologue. Yes.
1: Yeah, but specifically as Richard III. The Peter Sellers is Richard III. Peter Sellers as Lawrence Olivier as Richard III reciting The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers.
2: That, for example, is just a catchy song. It's short. It sticks in your head. You can say it as a monologue. The Up Down Song by Pooh Bear, short, sweet, up and down. It's it's good. And the thing is, they're all short. They're not trying to be any longer than they are. But also, Disney was not really doing the movie musicals yet. I mean, this is... The original one is before Little Mermaid, which we talked about, which is like the first Disney animated movie. Mm,
1: musical. The Disney songs, Yeah,
2: exactly. So the Pooh's Grand Adventure is trying to be in that vein, Ooh. but still write songs that are. In the world
1: of Pooh Bear. So a prototype Disney musical that is trying to straddle the line between Hundred Acre Woods and big box office exactly. Disney musical, and it doesn't quite stretch across the gap. They
2: can't do it for whatever reason.
1: They've been off more than they could chew, and now they can't get the product through the rabbit hole. On
2: top of it, there's been three voices of Winnie the Pooh through the years. Mm-hmm. The I mean, the one that is most recent, you know. We've Jim talked
1: about it. Cummings. That's right.
2: The voice of a generation. The original one was a guy named Larry Clemens. Ooh,
1: strong name, Larry Clemens. Okay. Yeah.
2: I believe this is him. Was he the guy who
1: sounded bored? Like, hi, children, I'm a bear. (laughs) Oh, bother. (laughs) I sure could do for a spot of honey. No. Better do my stretching, although aerobics is a bit much for me these days.
2: So he was most famous for... Being an animator with Disney, but also being a writer for Bing Crosby's radio programs. He was the original. And then the guy that came next, pre-Jim Cummings, is
1: just pre-cum.
2: Yeah, pre-cum. Pre-cum, the pre-cum poo bear
1: is Ew, man. Everything about that thing you said was the worst. I know it was an accident, but oh man, why? Why? <laughs>
2: I am so sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, God.
2: I've ruined everything. (laughs)
1: Everything is terrible.
2: Before Jim Cummings, there was this other guy, and I can't find his name now. So he played it for a few years, and this is the one movie that he plays it in. He's fine. Story's not great. Voice acting isn't great. Songs are pretty bad. Theme song is pretty bad. So then we come to the Tigger movie. Now, I I enjoy the Tigger movie. This came out in 2000. This was in theaters. I remember when this came out because I thought another Pooh Bear movie. I mean, I was 13, so great. Whatever at this point. But now I've seen it. The once again, the songs are okay, not great, The theme song still has that kind of Sarah McLachlan feel to it. So not
1: ideal. They're making the same mistakes that they made the first time. Exactly.
2: The one thing that's a little more interesting is that Tigger is the narrator for this one. That kind of gives it a little bit more of a boost. It makes the movie go faster when you're watching it. One thing that makes this one a little more interesting is that there is a whole sad part to it where Tigger decides he's going to move away from the Hundred Acre Wood to find his family. That's the whole premise of this oh, one. Oh,
1: okay, go, to Tigger
2: take realizes it. that it's kind of lonely to be the only one. Once again, songs, not great. Once again, just not catchy. They're not catchy songs.
1: Too complicated. Too, complicated
2: too too long. You know, the original one, the songs are a minute or so. The one nice thing that they're doing is repeating the same thing, where the narrator is still omniscient, The narrator
1: can still interact with the characters. But this time isn't the narrator. Well, so the
2: narrator is talking to Tigger a little bit. Is
1: he doing a couscous now where he's interacting with himself as the narrator? Now we've established that there can be a direct line between the narrative choices of early Winnie the Pooh movies and (laughs) The Emperor's New Groove. Ooh, there you go. What hasn't Winnie the Pooh influenced?
2: So Tigger movies 2000. Meh, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. And then we come to the real Dark Ages, Phil. And I don't even really want to get into this, but two thousand three is Piglet's big movie, which is truly the worst. It is. It's that bad. This is the one I was watching with him tonight, and it's just
1: oh, awful. Lay into it. What? What? What does it do wrong?
2: Take the Sarah McLachlan of the theme song. A Sarah McLachlan writes all of the songs for this one.
1: Oh god so they're all like they're sad, all leaky. even when
2: they're happy they're slow and melancholy there's this terrible song in there called a mother's intuition which is all about kanga and how she's Kenga? a good mother yeah, like And how she knows all these things and moms know everything. So you can't fool mom and mom cleans all day and mom does all this stuff. And I'm like, this is 2003. Like this song feels very 1977.
1: So it's got a very outmoded sense of gender roles in the house. Absolutely. If they had the choice to make Kanga dude, maybe they would have. Yeah.
2: So Kanga, the original Kanga story Is when she gets to the woods, all the other animals think that she is going to eat them because she's a because they've never seen a kangaroo before and they're terrified.
1: IRL though, kangaroos can look like they don't skip gym day. I've like the muscle definition on some of these things is terrifying. I was at the
2: zoo earlier and the kangaroos were out. I was like, holy crap, those things are strong.
1: Okay, so it sounds like Winnie the Pooh may like. Some interesting storytelling device choices, an interesting history of the rights being passed around and and bought up and released and all that. But it sounds like it's got a lot of outmoded senses, right? Like an outmoded sense of gender roles and uh, like the role of a mother and not being very inclusive gender wise. Because I mean, it's not like they added a new character or anything, right? They didn't add like a like a girl. No, the one character they added was
2: Gopher, who is another male. So huh. so after Piglet's movie in 2005 is Pooh's heffalump movie. And a heffalump is an elephant, it's a colorful elephant in the hundred acre wood. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just is
1: this like a snuffle I guess, uh, Yeah, just, kind a of snuffle yeah. I guess kind of stitch where it's an imaginary yeah. friend.
2: And this this one is right. just
1: is just bad. It's, it's just bad. bad. What's the most what's the worst? What's the most egregious thing uh, that it does?
2: The story is just garbage. And the music, like Take take the Sarah McLachlan, and I'm Sarah McLachlan is fine. I have no problems with her,
1: whatever. Well, you say that now, now that she's listening. Exactly.
2: But take that genre and distill it down to its worst form, and that is what you have in the Heffalump movie. Pooh Bear kind of jumps the shark in the Disney world. So they take a six-year break and come back with a masterpiece
1: of a movie in 2011. What's the one from 2011? It's called Winnie the Pooh. Okay, so simple. I love it. Back to basic. Sort of a reboot. Very much a reboot. And they kill his Uncle Ben in this one, right? Great honey comes great responsibility.
2: There's a lot of things with this one. But the first being, who sings the song? This came out in 2011. There was an actress who was very popular at that time, had a singing group in 2011, and she sings the song. And that is Zoe Deschanel.
1: Oh, I love Zoe Deschanel. She's perfect for that. She's quirky. She's that starts
2: you off on the right foot.
1: Okay, okay. So you got you got the sound back. You got the you got the groove back. And then what else? What else? Good. What else? So
2: the music was written by the people who would go on to write the Frozen music. It is catchy.
1: Okay. It is it propels the story that is the forward. team that wrote um it was agatha all along yeah too, exactly from from one Wanda division
2: so like they have gone on to do so much they're got winners yeah okay. and this was their first disney property All Star start music team all right this is a shorter movie i think it's only 80 minutes
1: good i'll oh, get them in and out especially for kiddos yeah lots of good choices here and jim cummings is the voice of winnie the pooh this time right and tigger oh and he really shines in these roles he is so good but in these roles. on top
2: of that a lot of the original voice actors had died by this point. So, replacing the voice of Owl is Craig Ferguson.
1: Craig Ferguson. I love Craig Ferguson.
2: I love hearing his voice pop up in random things. And he has this really catchy song called The backson Song that Mal requests constantly. But it's catchy and it's funny. 2011. Yeah.
1: He was hosting the Late Night Show then. Or the Late Late Show. The Late the show. Late night Show, yeah. And then the narrator is voiced by John Cleese. Okay, I've cooled on him recently, but... I mean, it's a good grab it, for 2011. Exactly.
2: 2011 John Cleese, very exciting. Yeah. Now, then, John doesn't, Cleese, doesn't
1: John Cleese also narrate the live-action one with the Greger? Yeah.
2: So John Cleese became the Disney narrator for Winnie the Pooh from this point on. But this is his first time doing it.
1: The story is great. You're getting lightning in a bottle with this one, the 2011 Winnie the Pooh. What is What are the stakes of the story? What does is, what is have to be achieved? It goes back
2: to kind of more of the original one where it's a little bit more of an anthology where there are three different stories, but they are all connected.
1: Oh, like that Simpsons episode where they hear all the stories of the people around town and you see how everything is interconnected. Okay. So now Winnie the Pooh has influenced Deadpool, the Simpsons.
2: The plot of the story starts with Eeyore losing his tail. And so every denizen of the hundred acre wood has to come up with something that can replace Eeyore's tail. So they all go around uh. looking for stuff to replace Eeyore's tail. So from then, and but, and but they never find his original tail. So then Christopher Robin leaves a note for the Hundred Acre Wood that somehow Pooh gets honey on, so the words run on the page.
1: Of course, because honey being so viscous just ruins ruins ink or graphite
2: so they take it to and he's basically saying hey i'm going to school i will be back soon so they take it to craig ferguson's owl and say hey owl you're the only one who can read what does this note from christopher (laughs) Robin say which is another part of the that is that is one thing that translates to every single pooh bear thing this owl is the only one who's literate that can, can
1: read like even Christopher Robin can't always read in them, but Owl always can. Well, he's a kid. He's a young kid. Okay, that's fine. Not that not that Pooh's like a 40 year old, but I, I do imagine Pooh is kind of like a 40 year old. Exactly. Owl
2: reads this, but because it's all blurry, he says, oh, Christopher Robin has been taken by the Baxen, and we have to go rescue him. So that's the second part of this movie,
1: is that they have to defeat
2: this mythical creature called the Baxen.
1: Wow. So a mistranslated message results in a grand adventure leading to major conflict. So Winnie the Pooh has now also directly influenced Shakespeare. Yes, 100%. We, we can attribute Romeo and Juliet's success to that of when Absolutely. I mean, both start with a narrator. Both start with a prologue.
2: That's all I'm going to say. Like, <laughs> As they are trying to catch this backson they end up in a hole that they have dug for the Baxin to catch it. But they all end up in the hole, except for Piglet, who has to come save the day.
1: He has to be the hero, but he's kind of timid and small, and his body is just a wrapped ham from a deli.
2: How they end up getting out is letters get knocked from the book into the pit, and then they're able to make a ladder using the letters oh, to get
1: out of the pit. Okay, so fourth wall breaking. Fourth again. wall breaking. Christopher
2: Robin comes back and it's like, oh, you silly guys. It, it wasn't a back sin. I was just saying, I'll be back soon from school.
1: What did they think? Did they describe what they thought this creature looked like? Was it like a Gruffalo situation?
2: And that's one of the catchiest songs in the entire movie is the Baxin song. And what it is, is the Baxin is a creature that does all the th- nasty things in the world that you hate. Like, it's the thing that puts holes in your socks. It's the thing that wakes babies up in the middle of the
1: night. It's starting to sound more like a Darkwing Duck introduction. Than... <laughs> you know, in a way, you know, but like Craig Ferguson is singing this whole song about Craig Ferguson sings this song I I love him singing I got it which is solid so he is singing this
2: whole song about what
1: it looks like and then at some point he runs out of ideas so he says
2: why don't you tell me what it does and then everybody lists off what they are afraid it does and he's like yes that's
1: it that's good that's great so because he wants to appear to be all wise and all-knowing he allows their fear and imagination to run rampant on what turns out to be Luckily, an imaginary being. But imagine if the Baxen was a real creature and they all got all worked up and in a tizzy over nothing.
2: So then the movie just ends with how it began, where Pooh figures out where Eeyore's original tale is. That's the 2011 Winnie the Pooh. Like I said, nice and short.
1: Definitely a highlight of the Winnie the Pooh have there been one since then? So 2011—that's 11 years ago. Have there been one since? They just haven't lived up. The, to the interesting height?
2: thing about this 2011 Winnie the Pooh is a—it was the last hand-drawn cartoon for Disney. At all? Uh, at all? Like since then, it's all been the Pixar cartoons and stuff like that.
1: Oh, seriously? Oh, okay. Like the Disney Animation Studios that, like, because they've got Pixar, but then they've also got their own 3D thing.
2: Disney every few years is like, "Oh, we need to do something with Winnie the Pooh to make sure it's still in."
1: Yeah, they got to keep oh, like how like how Fox would just make a horrible Fantastic Four movie and then never let it see the light of day so that they could say they made it so that they could extend their hold on the copyright a little Exactly. Longer. Oh, that's how you get the trash product, okay. And in between the movies, you have these
2: TV shows too. Just I'm going to go through these real quick. We don't have to talk about them too much, but
1: Fast as you can. One deep breath. Knock him out. <laughs>
2: 19 to 83 to 1986, there is a live action Winnie the Pooh called Welcome to Pooh Corner.
1: Oh, pause. Hold on. I'm sorry. Live action Winnie the Pooh happened in the 80s, and you're only just now <laughs> telling me about it? Please, hold on.
2: You can't watch it anywhere. Disney has scrubbed it They've from scrubbed the it. There's not even like YouTube clips? I could not find a YouTube clip. I found photos, and that's it.
1: Live. Okay. So describe the photos, like live action, like what kind, like a puppet bear, a costume bear, an actual bear. Picture Barney, the dinosaur. Oh, gro- okay.
2: Yes. Huge Pooh bear, huge tigger. They're all the same size. They're all the same kind of
1: bulbous costume. That is okay, what like you might like. find at a, at an amusement park. Exactly. Okay. Not exactly big on nuance, but they get the point across.
2: No. So three years after that, the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which was a Saturday morning cartoon. Now, this was my introduction to Pooh Bear as a kid, because this came out in 1988. I was born in 87. So this is what would have been on
1: when I was watching Saturday morning. When cartoon. your brain was a sponge, this is what you were absorbing. Okay. Exactly.
2: This is on Disney Plus. It's bad. Avoid it.
1: It's just bad. Okay. Yeah, no problem.
2: So then we have the few movies that came out. 2001 is The Book of Pooh.
1: The Book of Pooh. The Book of Pooh. The Book of It's. This is the one where he walks into Jabba's palace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he kills the guy on the throne. He kills Bip Fortuna. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way.
0: Oh bother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a puppet,
2: Winnie the Pooh, that was on the Disney Channel. Oh God. This is this, this is the one that is considered non-canonical by the Die Hard Pooh
1: fans there's a community i don't want to fuck with exactly
2: and the reason is this is this is the craziest part the reason they consider it non canonical is because this is the only one where tigger can climb up and down trees
1: that's their that's their gatekeeping bs complaint about that's it i bet there's someone on reddit who gets worked up over that for real oh my goodness that's what they complain about my goodness these people are going to hate star trek
2: So then, right before the last good Winnie the Pooh, there is the last Winnie the Pooh show, which is called My Friends Tigger and Pooh, and this is a computer-animated Winnie the Pooh. It is the only Winnie the Pooh that does not feature Christopher
1: Robin at all. You know what? Our test audiences tell us they love Winnie the Pooh, but that Christopher Robin's a real problem.
2: But the stories, how they lay it out, is so much like the YouTube videos that you told me about last time. They're just bad.
1: Just cheaply animated, but like no texturing, just smooth surfaces. You can see the shapes. You know, it was made in some sort of like open office vector program. But these are official Disney
2: things. These are official Disney things. What year was this? What year was this? This was 2007 to 2010.
1: 2007. Okay, I guess I can forgive. I can forgive bad computer stuff pre 2010. Pre 2010. You start getting up to like 2012, 2015. That's when my patience runs out for bad CGI. Exactly. Since then,
2: we have all these live-action Disney movies that are kind of based around Pooh Bear, but focused on adult Christopher Robin. So Ewan McGregor's in at least one of them, right? Ewan McGregor is in one of them. He's in Christopher Robin. And in this one, basically, he is an adult, went off to boarding school. And while he was in boarding school, his father died. Then as an adult, he has become a cold-hearted businessman, And then one day, Winnie the Pooh appears to him.
1: Like the ghost of childhood past? Are you kidding me? They're gonna Christmas Carol Christopher Robin. So now Winnie the Pooh has directly influenced the works of Charles Dickens. What has Winnie the Pooh not influenced? So is he having like a mental breakdown or something? Like The Google searches are like
2: Christopher Robin movie. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin mental breakdown? Question mark? Like that is one of the top choices. (laughs) (laughs) That is where we are up to this point. Now Pooh has existed in other things. Kenny Loggins wrote the song House of Pooh Corner, which was a huge hit for him.
1: Kenny Loggins. Wrote a song. The guy who did Danger Zone and Footloose. Wrote
2: House at Pooh Corner. Wrote a Winnie the Pooh bop. But he he had a big hit album, The House at Pooh Corner.
1: So there's that.
2: But this is what always gets me. So Pooh
1: Bear is banned in China. Why is Pooh Bear? Ba- oh, is it the red shirt or the lack of pants? The, the people who are fighting... I, I remember this. Doesn't, doesn't his name sound like the president's name or something like that? President Xi Jinping, all the people who are
2: opposed to him and to the communist rule, they draw pictures of him where he looks like Pooh Bear. Uh, uh. They do like political cartoons where he is Pooh Bear and like some of his other generals are other Winnie the Pooh characters saying dumb stuff. Because that has been happening and they've used it as a sign of protest... Like
1: <laughs> he is he's banned in China completely. Way to prove you don't have a problem, government of China. It's crazy.
2: Also, they recently found out that RCA Records released a four-record set where Jimmy Stewart was the narrator for Winnie the Pooh stories.
1: Dr- Jimmy Stewart. Oh, oh! Now we're gonna try to do our best, Jimmy Stewart's for a few seconds. Oh, Jimmy Stewart! Oh, um, oh, um, 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 uh, what Clarence? Clarence! I, there I, I get into it by saying the name Clarence. Clarence! Now, now, you—you you look at me, Piglet. Now, I might not know much about math or or arithmetic or, or geometry, but I, I do know honey. I, I love honey. Right, I'm I'm gonna do my uh, stoutness exercises. Boy, I hope Jimmy Stewart is not listening to this.
2: Isn't he dead though? So yeah, so that was something that existed too. <laughs> In 2006, Pooh Bear received a, a star in the Hollywood Walk of
1: Fame. Did he show up to put his grubby little mitts in it? Yeah, drunk, of course. Of course, this is one No pants! No pants. <laughs> I heard on the radio today
2: that there is a bear who has been getting high in the
1: forest of Eastern Europe. Eating mad honey, right? Yeah. I don't even know what that is, but apparently it's a powerful hallucinogen. Pooh Bear,
2: high on mad honey, showing up the Hollywood Walk of Fame, strung out.
1: I saw the picture of a bear in the back of the pickup truck, and I'm like, yeah, that dude's having a trip. Yep. We've all been there, my friend.
2: And now we get to the what you mentioned at the beginning. Pooh Bear is entering into the public domain.
1: And now people are going to do weird things with it. Like this Blood and Honey, this horror movie
2: that's coming out. Now, do you know anything about the plot of this horror movie, Phil?
1: I don't, I don't know if it's a real bear or if it's like a serial killer dressed in like a Five Nights at Freddy's type costume.
2: We don't really know, but the one plot thing that I've heard is that the basic premise, these people end up in an abandoned house of some kind and they are found by Pooh Bear and Piglet, who are sad that Christopher Robin left them and has not come back.
1: This is actually, it's like a low-budget indie kind of thing, which sometimes that stuff's great. Sometimes it's like the movie equivalent of looking up at a, like a Byron's Hot Dogs or something, like a little walk-in restaurant on the side of the road, and you look up and it's got those little uh, letters that they stick in the board and they misspelled like cheeseburger or something like that. You're going to enjoy it no matter what.
2: You might regret it the next morning.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great.
2: Oh, also, the guy who wrote this movie apparently wrote it a few years ago, and has just been waiting for the movie.
1: He's just been waiting for the chance. I'm excited to see it. I think it's very beneficial to have important, influential, universal characters in the public domain so that people can use these things.
2: Phil, after having me describe all these Pooh Bear products to you, is there any chance that you're going to look, watch,
1: read... Get a Pooh Bear doll. Seventy-seven with the narrator, and that because that one doesn't involve the getting stuck in the whole thing, right? That's the stuck in the whole thing. Hey, all right, maybe, maybe we'll skip it. I mean, I've th- I, I have literally thrown out children's books that we've been given because they've been so body negative. So maybe it's 2011. That sounds like one I'd, I'd, I'd check out. The others, eh, eh just take it or leave it. Um, really, Winnie the Pooh's not gotten its claws into my family. We weren't especially a Disney family growing up. All right, I think we're out of time, Phil. Just about. All right. Well, that's my poo story. That is a poo story. It's so refreshing to hear a poo story that doesn't result in eating a modium. That's true. I am Winnie the Pooed out. We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts, and we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on. I love, I love yeah, Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.